Hello, everybody. This is Andre. Welcome to the Marketing Innovation Show. On today's episode, we have Tim Bond, founder and CEO of Network Sunday and TechPros.io, and Scott Pearson, head of business development for the same two companies. Hi, guys. How's everything going? Great. Thanks for having us on your show. Very good. Thank you, Andre. Long time no speak. Uh, so for everybody that tuned in today, guys, uh, we're going to be discussing thought leadership and content marketing in the context of B2B marketing as a, as a broader subject. So it's going to be a more strategic episode. We're going to have a lot of uh, very valuable insights from uh, Tim and Scott. So definitely stick around. So guys, how have you been? How's, the, how's everything going on your side? Good, good. Yeah, obviously it's a challenging time for a lot of companies and a lot of people. Um, and I, you know, us, us included, um, but you know, it's, it's all about focusing on what, what the market needs and, and, um, uh, riding the storm. Super. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, I guess we're kind of, uh, <laughs> all in it together. Um, Tim, um, I think a very good, uh, a very good subject to start the discussion would be to tell people a bit more about how you guys, um, work in this industry and uh, your approach to thought leadership, because I thought this was a very, very interesting um, approach and unique in the market at the moment. And also um, guys listening to us as a background. So uh, Scott and us have already already also interacted in the past, working on a very, very good content piece that um, the guys published in the beginning of the year, which I, I'm going to drop the links to in the description of this episode so you can access it. It's a market report on uh, on thought leadership trends. A really, really insightful piece. Um, so yes, Tim Scott, what's your approach on thought leadership and B2B marketing in general through content? Do you want to have a go, Scott? Yeah, you go first, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm very happy to do that. So um, I think when it comes to sort of traditional B2B marketing, um, and, you know, I'm thinking sort of specifically demand generation or lead generation, both the same thing. Um, you know, the last, the last sort of four, five, six years have, have been focused around um, sort of direct emailing, LinkedIn messaging, obviously, before that cold calling. And, um, you know, whilst done well, um, and when we talk about done well, we're talking about sort of multi-channel, we're talking about, um, you know, well-written messages, you know, clear value propositions and, and call to actions, et cetera. Um, you know, that, these strategies can work, can work well. Uh, what we started experimenting with, gosh, it was almost three years ago now, was uh, a completely different approach, really sort of turning the whole uh, strategy on its, on its head, which is rather than... Um, going out to a cold prospect, if you like, um, uh, with a, a kind of an, an offer, an offer of um, or a, uh, um, a message of kind of uh, a description, if you like, of your solution or your service and the benefits, et cetera, and perhaps some example use cases of how you might be assisting their, uh, you know, their, their, comp- their competition or the market generally, is to turn it on its head and take a, an offer of value and um, the offer of value being um, uh, an invitation to participate in uh, in a program, a thought leadership program, uh, namely, um, uh, you know, an interview for a, a specific publication that typically you know, could could be an ebook. It doesn't have to be an ebook. It could be it could be a podcast. It could be a number of different things. But typically, ebooks have been what, what we've been involved in. Um, you know. 
we were interested to find very quickly that actually a much higher proportion of people were willing to engage in that discussion because rather than leading with a, with a sort of sale proposition, you're leading with a, a, um, you know, an offer of value. And what's that value being, uh, you know, learn from your peer group, um, uh, you know, will challenge your own thinking in a way by being, um, of course, Andrew, you, you've been through this process. It'll be interesting to hear your views on it. But, um, uh, you know, it's a bit like counselling. You know, you, 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 when you go to the doctor or you go and see a therapist, perhaps, you know, they ask you a number of questions and it really makes you think. And it's, you actually have a really good feeling from it. Um, and as a result of that, um, what we noticed was um, uh, individuals where clearly there might be some potential for further dialogue, uh, potentially that could, could evolve into a sales conversation perhaps, but maybe not. Um, the individuals who participated were either happy to um, continue a conversation, uh, which might be, as I say, around a, a sort of business development conversation, um, or, or offer a referral. And so we realised pretty early on, as I say, three years ago, that actually this strategy is a very effective um, approach that marketers can take uh, in order to establish traction and, and build new relationships. Now, focusing a bit um, in, uh, towards your recent study that you have done uh, for yourself as Network Sunday and then also for techpros.io. And I think that maybe here uh, we could discuss a bit more uh, with Scott because I know that Scott, yeah. you were involved with organizing the interviews with thought leaders. Um, most of them were marketing professionals in C-level roles. Um, and the subject of the report was thought leadership as a very powerful lead generation and marketing tool. Um, what, were, what were some insights that you found from that report that you think are very were either unexpected or were repeated many times through the conversations that you had? What's kind of the state of the market at the moment? What's your feel for it? Yeah, thanks, Andre. I think, um, you know, there's a few lessons that we learned and, uh, you know, some of the insights from the contributors were um, along the same lines. You know, they were very, very much um, similar to one another, some of the challenges and trends that we noticed. I think, you know, when creating thought leadership, um, you know, looking for something that you can create collaboratively is important. Um, you know, it very much adds value to the audience. I think, um, you know, it's not always about relying on voices from inside your own organization. Uh, you know, it's about working with your customers, your partners, um, and, and, you know, picking out thought leaders within those industries. Um, you know, having a large sample group, um, you know, brings the data to life and, of course, makes the content more valuable uh, and engaging. I think also just another point is uh, not to confuse thought leadership, you know, with sort of product marketing. Um, you know, looking at the top of the sales funnel, content should be, you know, weighted towards thought leadership. Uh, you know, it's about educating your buyers and not necessarily pushing, uh, you know, product features or service offers uh, onto them. Okay. And um, in terms of the, uh, now going into the content marketing as a, as a broader subject uh, area. So um, what, through the businesses that you interviewed, what were the most common forms of content that, they were using for promoting their business in a B2B context? What seemed to work best so far? Yeah, so um, I think a few different forms of content. Looking at, um, you know, within this sort of B2B space where, you know, we're predominantly speaking with IT services, technology and, and software, you know, organizations, I think 
they're very much about um, you know adding sort of credibility and proof to what they're doing. So uh, you know looking at things like uh, case studies uh, and videos where their clients are speaking. I think um, you know uh, third-party content as well. So where they've been you know referenced in in uh, you know press releases and things like that. I think. Generally speaking, those would be the most uh, popular forms of content um, that uh, marketers are, are using. Mm-hmm. I'll just jump in there. Um, and I think I'll, I'll be honest, Andre, it's been a while since I uh, read the ebook, and, and I apologize I didn't uh, do my homework and, and go through it again before this, um, before this session. But you know, what I do remember from, you know, we, we had a number of meetings with people following, following up, and you know, I do remember... Um, you know some of the uh, obviously the conclusions from from the study, and I think it was it was clear to me that there was quite a lot of variation across the interviewees, and these were you know CMOs, senior marketing professionals, um, in that they all had slightly different variations on what worked. You know, some of them would be 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 very um, uh, specific that you know you should have different types of content depending on who your audience is. So, you know, a CEO, for example, who might be time poor might like short five-minute videos, whereas, you know, other professionals who, who have more time might want a long ebook. And, and uh, I think what, what came out of it as well is that the more you can, di- you can, you can create sort of diversity in terms of channels. So, um, you know, videos, podcasts, and, and, you know, as much variation as possible. And then to, to get that information, that content as far and as widely as possible. Now that's what the game's about. Very good point. Um, and what do you think that people diversify their content enough at the moment? Or no, actually, even a better question would be, do you think people um, recycle their content enough as much or as much as they could? So for example, if they have a, a video testimonial, do you feel most people also do a written form of it and also push it through email marketing or stuff like that? Or do you feel people are still limited in producing only that one form of content? Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, it's, it's like anything in life, isn't it? We all have our ideals and our targets and kind of we all know what we need to be doing. But the reality is, is you know, there are, there are a number of, of constraints that get in the way in terms of time and budget. So you know, I think certainly from our perspective, um, you know, Tech Pros, which is our content brand, TechPros.io. You know, we are we are producing mostly ebooks now. From those ebooks, there's there's so much, so many insights, and there's so much that can be done um, for our clients. Um, but you know, again, it, it simply goes down to, to time and money. Um, but I think where you know where there is time and money available, I, yes, definitely, I've seen some. In fact, some of our clients, you know, I, I have seen some some great. Um, examples of um, you know creating um, you know using if you like the ebook as a big rock I think has, has historically been a term that's been used in, in, in content marketing mm-hmm. to then break it down into into for example LinkedIn articles etc um, um, and you know digitizing the PDF into 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 dig- digital publications that can be marketed on a chapter by chapter basis etc so. So I think I think there's you know the, 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 there are so many tools out there, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much opportunity. And, and I think if I was to answer your question specifically, no, I don't think marketers are doing enough to kind of get their content out there. I don't think they're breaking it down enough as, as much as they could be. But again, you know, for, for very good reasons, uh, rather than 
you know, the fact that they don't realize that's what they need to be doing. It's just you know, mm-hmm. constraints of time and money um, are probably the biggest challenge that, that people face. Gotcha. Yeah. And guys listening to, to us, uh, we'd be very curious to find your uh, context and to find out more about where you are with your, let's say, content marketing strategy. Do you do it already? Do you plan to do it? Was anything standing in the way of you doing it? So uh, we'd be very happy to hear your thoughts, your questions. And also if you have any direct questions that you might want to address to team or Scott, uh, feel free to, guys, can people reach out on LinkedIn to you and maybe ask you directly some of these questions or see how you might be able to help them push their content marketing forward? Definitely. Obviously, we'd welcome any approaches um, and see if, if we can assist you know, Tim Bond and Scott Pearson uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, Network Sunday, um, easy to find. Mm-hmm. Super. Thanks a lot. So um, now, obviously, we all been through this COVID time, which was uh, very unexpected and interesting for everybody from different perspectives. Mm. Now, um, what we found through you know working with different clients, both B two C and B two B, was that marketing channels started to behave differently from the way that they were behaving, or the results that we were typically 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 getting <laughs> for mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel? content marketing might be different after, yeah. I mean, in this period of time, but also after uh, people start to get to some sort of a normal normality. Yeah, I think uh, during this time, you know, it's about um, listening to your customers. Uh, you know, messages that are empathetic are, are the ones that, are, that I think, you know, are, are going to be resonating during this uh, pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of uh, clients and customers will be faced with, with many challenges during this time, both at a a personal level and within their organization. So I think it's about listening to them um, and hearing what they're saying. Um, you know, in terms of uh, how to currently sort of navigate, you know, this situation, it's about companies, you know, really moving quickly and adopting digital channels. You know, just as an example, um, you know, within the travel and hospitality sector, you know, we've seen the cancellation and postponement of many industry-related events. So it's about bringing those events online and, um, you know, engaging prospects through, through tools, uh, you know, online video tools and, and, uh, and on the phone. Um, I think furthermore, uh, you know, it's, um, it's about, uh, uh, you know, keeping those relationships going with people and, um, you know, uh, continuing to, to listen to what they have to say and, and help them. Very, very good. And if you were to think about, let's take this scenario, because I think many of our uh, listeners would be in this context, which would be, they have been doing some content marketing. They know about the concept of content marketing. Maybe they tried to do some blogs. Uh, They had a strategy of blogging so far. Uh, Maybe they produced a couple of case studies uh, in in the case of medium companies, let's say, so not necessarily startups, because <laughs> what we found was that in a startup scenario, unless uh, it was a back, uh, investor-backed startup or somebody that was really, really well-structured, everything gets in the way. So, uh, you know, it's all about generating direct revenue and then content marketing kind of falls on the side until it's really needed. Uh, but for somebody that kind of had a content marketing strategy before, was trying to produce some thought leadership pieces, but uh, this was never the focus. Do you? What would you recommend they do in this context to get almost an unfair advantage against their competition by implementing a good uh, or or by focusing on content marketing? What are some things that 
you think are really, really important today and that people might not do enough of? Mm, good question. Well, I think the first thing is about it's, it's, it's got to be offering value, right? So good content is valuable. And that means it's information that people can read and digest that they can't easily find elsewhere because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than you know, reading reading a, a, an article or an ebook or something that is just repeating what the market already knows. So I think that's that's sort of step number one. So then you have to ask, well, what is it of value that that, that can be written about or that can be uh, published, presented, etc. And I think that goes down to the the specific niche knowledge of that particular entrepreneur or or, or that small business owner. Um, oh, a small organisation, you know, marketing leader within the small organisation. And uh, more often than not, there's likely to be a lot of knowledge out there in the ether, out there in the market that um, uh, you know can can, if you like, bolster the knowledge that that individual or that company already has. Mm-hmm. So you know what we would advise is is kind of the approach that we take, um, which we know is successful, and you know which which you're aware of, Andre, and, and that's really about um, identifying people. Um, you know, within you know within the networks within their LinkedIn networks who might have been through a similar journey that have got similar experience who wouldn't mind actually um, participating in the creation of that content um, mm-hmm. and that could be through uh, you know exactly an example like this um, a podcast or a um, yeah, an interview for for another content piece and by bringing together um, multiple minds, uh, you know, you obviously have the synergy, and you're going to be able to offer a far, far more powerful piece of content when you've, if you like, crowdsourced the insights, and you know, you put together something that really does stand out and has got some, uh, you know, different dimensions to it, rather than perhaps, uh, you know, a singular lens of of a, of a company or a person, uh, which might be great, but it, you know, it lacks that, you know, extra, if you like, um, mm-hmm. range. Yeah, and also one thing that I noticed uh, after you guys have published, for example, let's take the example of the um, Thought Leadership Report, was mm-hmm. that um, because you had so many participants, um, it was okay if you were just promoting it by yourself, but you got everybody to promote it on basically on your behalf because you were the one producing it, but also on their behalf because they were directly involved with it. So they had an interest in positioning themselves as authorities within their yeah networks yes. so it was putting them in a good position it was putting you as a company in a good position ultimately because you are pro- the producer of that content and the organizer of everything that happened around it um what was the actual result like could you share with us some um, parts of the success story definitely and uh, just just before we sort of get into numbers and uh i don't know if <laughs> we've got the exact numbers in front of us but but we'll, we'll be able to give you a feel for for for, for those but I think it's a really good point that you make. Um, I mean, LinkedIn now obviously has become a, a content platform. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, historically, I mean, years ago, you know, it was a, it was a database for recruiters, effectively, and a, C, a CV platform ultimately. And, and obviously, it's evolved into a really powerful tool for for, for salespeople um, and for marketers as well as well as well as recruiters. Now, I think the and, and what's great about it is pretty much everyone has got a profile, right? Everyone's engaging on the platform now, um, whereas that was never the case in the old days. And you know, if you have um, involved other people, other professionals in, as we we're talking about, you know, in the creation of content, you know. By acknowledging their contributions and um, uh, 
you know, if you like shining the light on them as individuals, um, you know, that's, that's just a great thing to do to thank them. But obviously, at the same time, um, uh, it, it, it serves to promote the content piece. So um, if you have, let's say, a dozen people that participated in, 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 in a piece of thought leadership and each of them share the acknowledgement, which, of course, has a link to the ebook or the podcast or whatever it might be, um, you know, potentially you're reaching hundreds of thousands of people through their first degree, the expanded first degree network. So it's a really good point that you raise. And, and um, uh, you know, I think it goes into this whole sort of digital marketing strategy around, around LinkedIn specifically. And this, this is a big area for us, Andrew. And, and this is something that we're really building and developing uh, with our kind of tech pros publications. Um, Scott, in terms of maybe you're probably best to share some of the results from you know, where we've got to so far with, you know, with that particular content piece that, that Andre was involved in, which is the thought leadership marketing's sharpest tool question. Yeah, for sure. So we, uh, you know, we interviewed um, in the region of 50 senior marketing professionals and, um, you know, we interviewed them over, over sort of a half an hour um, phone call and we, we asked them questions that, you know, were, were, you know, very much geared towards adding insight to our publication. Um, and, you know, the intention for, for us uh, you know, was to go in and meet with some of these professionals that, um, you know, posed the challenge that we could potentially help them with. So out of the 50, I met with about half of them. And, um, you know, we've had some really good traction from, from those relationships. And, um, you know, we're looking to work with a couple of them. Um, and of, of course, the pandemic has presented a few challenges currently with, with budgets and things like that. But we're, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to continue building those relationships. And, and working with them in the near future. Um, and just another sort of side note, what's interesting is we've kind of built a network amongst the participants. In fact, um, you know, two, two individuals that took part actually had a, had a separate meeting on their own where they met face-to-face because they thought that they could potentially partner up. So it's quite exciting from our side to see that we're able to build a network um, uh, you know, and, and get people engaged with one another in, in sort of face-to-face human interaction as well. I think just to add to that as well is that you know the the, uh, the year before last uh, we produced another uh, content piece uh, on sort of um, you know the future of marketing process effectively that that kind of theme and you know we we got three sales out of that and you know referrals from that as well so you know we know from a ROI perspective it's not just about views and shares and you know it does actually result in real revenue and obviously that's what what marketers are looking. For. Mm-hmm. Very good point and a very nice transition because I want you to touch on the subject. Um, what do you think are some good ways of tracking the performance or of proving the ROI of a content piece? What are some of the most common ways or not uh, to, to track this? Because as you mentioned, many marketing professionals, mainly if they are very data-driven, they would look directly at the ROI or how that translates into meetings, booked, sales, and so on. Yeah, no, I mean, all, all sort of marketers, particularly clients, budget holders, investors, you know, they're, they're, that's what they're interested. They want to see, you know, what bang for the buck they're going to get. And, um, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely right to be able to measure every, every kind of marketing investment, of course. I think, you know, the, the challenge slightly around um, uh, thought leadership is that, um, you know, it is, it is in that kind of top of the funnel uh, it is around market awareness, um, mm-hmm. and um, 
I think if, if you have a program such as um, the Network Sunday, so our, our company is, is called Network Sunday, um, and then our content brand is techpros.io. But you know, we, we are very focused around sort of, if you like, integrating content creation, content marketing with kind of lead generation. So we've got a very focused strategy on moving it into sales meetings and then you know, helping our clients move those sales meetings into, into, into revenue. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of the times, um, you know, there isn't perhaps such a, a focus from a marketing perspective on, on actual sales meetings that are di- directly related to the content. And, you know, marketers are, are really, you know, they, the companies have, mar- have bud- content bud- budgets effectively. And yes, for sure, you know, they, they're using tools such as Marketo and, and you know, HubSpot, um, CRM, and, and obviously there are, there are a number of others. Uh, to, um, you know, particularly if they're using gates or if they're able to track uh, viewers, et cetera, of, of the content, then, you know, that is one way of kind of, if you like, um, uh, you know, tracking whether the, the content itself has got any sort of meaningful relationship to the actual sale that may or may not happen in the future. So I think, you know, that that is very important. And uh, uh, But I think at the same time, you know, this is about brand awareness and the more you can get quality content shared within the, the LinkedIn networks, uh, the more you can provide salespeople with just that extra bit of uh, quality and credibility to help them in their conversations, etc. Um, you know, unless you literally go down to the, to the level of asking specific buyers, you know, uh, yeah, how, how, how much um, did our content influence your decision to buy? You know, I think it's very difficult to really put a mark on the return on investment for for thought leadership content. Andre, does that ring true with you? Or? Yeah, and also here, um, it just uh, sparked in me the memory of something that I remember I didn't do enough of maybe when starting on this content marketing journey. And I'd like to bring it to the front to you know, yeah. uh, maybe the listeners that didn't do it before and they want to start out. I think it's very important to, uh, first of all, to think about content marketing and thought leadership as part of your marketing mix as a whole. So not just count on it for generating leads, obviously integrating it with other things that you might be doing. And also looking to the attribution, because if you do have a CRM and if you do have a very well thought um, inbound marketing system with, you know, top of funnel and then converting that into marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads, et cetera, then for sure you'll be able within a pretty short amount of time, see the difference between from when you were doing, you were not doing content marketing or sole leadership pieces and so to when you started doing it. Because yeah. it, again, it's very hard to put a finger or, you know, like to point out exactly the percentage of how much brand awareness do we have this month compared to last month. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if you look at the broader picture, and you have in place all the tools and all the you know tactics that you need to track your performance inbound performance uh as well as you know like maybe get feedback from the sales guys when they talk to your customers on the phone three months from now after you have started to already do those yeah. pieces it's for sure that they probably will have heard uh about your brand already if you do the things right yes. yeah i just wanted to just come in and another thing um if you're for the benefit of your listeners. So uh, there's now some really fantastic um, platforms out there uh, that can really help uh, not only market your content, but also um, 
um, uh, make it more sticky. So re- re- keep your readers reading the content for longer, mm-hmm. but as well as that, also measuring how much time they're spending per page, you know, um, uh, obviously how many unique visitors and, and all of this, it's almost like a micro website. So, uh, uh, one of the platforms that is sort of enterprise is, is, uh, is it turtle dot, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, IO, yeah. Turtle.io. Yeah. yeah, and then the one that we use is called Folion, um, and these platforms are really, really powerful. Um, they, you know, I think gone are the days where you know putting a PDF up and then putting a gated page to put in your details to download the PDF. That's very much old school. Mm-hmm. I think where where the market's moving now is is to you know to use these really cool tools, and and you know you can even some of the, some of the software allows you to kind of you know pop up poll questions to, to actually almost like engage the the reader with you know with the actual content and then you mm-hmm. know have like a, a you know a, a poll but obviously as well as that you know you can you can use gating or not use gating or have there's lots of different ways you can engage the audience with the content mm-hmm. so uh you know that that's a, definitely a tip for your listeners if, if they are going down this this uh, route in terms of producing um, written content like like ebooks or articles, you know, using a platform like that that you know you can you, you can link into LinkedIn uh, company pages or profiles, but also into your website and you know, much more kind of um, uh, you know they're just much, they're just much better ways of of of, of communicating content than you know p- putting a, putting a PDF PDF mm-hmm. on. And also, I think it looks much better. Uh, I, I've been interacting with Turtle a lot, and I think that that way of publishing and distributing content is indeed a plus to you know to the content and to the brand itself, and yeah. the way that it distributes content. Um, I think that uh, as we get to the to the close of the episode and to the wrap up, one thing that we always try to do is draw some action points for the audience so that, you know, information without action uh, just stays information or gets forgotten. So, so what we want them to do is to be able to listen to this episode and then do something significant for their business, you know, this week. If we were to think about uh, what we have discussed from this perspective, so some actionable points that can be, if not fully implemented, at least to get the ball rolling towards them, uh, what would be three takeaways that you feel are the most important for people to bag and to go and implement into their business or to explore for their businesses? Is, is that directed at me or Scott? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some views on this. I think, um, you know, it starts with the, the sort of the very beginning, uh, you know, having a defined framework for, for the process that you're, you're looking to implement. Um, you know, it's about collaborating with uh, with your colleagues um, as well as your your target audience that you're going after, and you know, very much uh, setting a roadmap. Um, you know, of of the type of content journey that you'd like to to go on, um, and then I think it's also you know on the other side further down, it's about sort of experimenting. You know, with what works and what doesn't. So you know, the, I think Tim alluded it to it earlier there's not a specific form of content that uh you know is going to work with amongst all audiences it's about you know seeing what works looking at the data um you know experimenting with white papers videos uh, you know infographics those sorts of things um and then i think you know the last point is about getting the content out there so um you know getting 
using all the channels that are available to you. Um, and you know what I what I sort of really learned is is what what works is is having personalised messages towards individuals. So you know if if I'm going to be sharing um, a really piece a really nice piece of content with a let's say a C level CMO for example. It's uh, taking the time to write to them, you know, look at their LinkedIn profile, understanding, you know, what they what they might be doing currently, or what articles or, or activity that they're sharing on their feed, um, and then writing a message that you think will, will resonate with them to capture their attention, so that they can get get their eyes on on on, on the content. Mm-hmm. Very very good insight, um, Tim. Would you have uh, any other maybe uh, add-on to this, like a little? hack or something that you think might work well? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to do is budget. So, you know, be realistic about how much money you've got to spend on it, first of all, because that, of course, is going to drive, you know, what you can do, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. Um, I think once you figure that one out, the next most important thing is figure out, you know, what, what, what is it right here, right now? that is going to interest your, your audience, okay? So right now, um, you know, if, if your listeners look at techpros.io, what they will see is that there's um, a number of um, thought leadership themes that are coming in all around the, the impact, of course, of COVID-19, coronavirus. And, uh, you know, there's a huge amount of uncertainty out there in the market. Um, and, and but but you know there's also opportunity. So you know companies are pivoting business models. They're reimagining new uh, market you know marketplaces and environments. And you know and as a result of that, you know th- this is what people out there are interested in right here and right now. Okay, you know, rewind six weeks ago or, or more. You, you know it's a very different topic, right? You know there, there might be you know it might be. I know Andre, you're you're into uh, blockchain, I, I see. You know, it could be that you know a disruptive technology. You know, the impact of new technology that might be a, a bigger theme that perhaps your audience might be interested in. But mm-hmm. so I think you've got to be. Everything you know, the world is changing all the time. So I think that that's just because you, as an entrepreneur or, or, or business owner, if you're just because you're specifically interested in about something or really excited about something, don't let that blind you to what your market wants okay mm-hmm. be really clear on, and, and ask people and um, um you know get, get in, scott was saying involve other people not just in terms of um getting insights for your content but also in planning planning your insights um uh yeah i mean so i mean i could go on you, you you asked for three um you know if i was if i was to to to, to, to finalize one i'd say uh you know measurement so it's important that you you do see the value coming back, not the value obviously for your clients, but also you know if you're providing a service uh, as we do. But more importantly, as an organisation, perhaps making an investment, being you yourselves, is to make sure that you know you are actually measuring the um, you know the impact that this investment is having for your for your business. And obviously, if it's working, then you want to replicate it and you want to scale it and do as much as possible. Very good, very good. Thanks a lot. Okay, so right now we have the takeaways. We have uh, a wealth of knowledge here. And also, guys listening, I'll drop the links into the description again. So you'll be able to download the report for free and you can uh, check from there, um, you know, what 
all the other 25 plus uh, interviewees <laughs> had to say about uh, thought leadership and content marketing in their space, in their niches. It's mainly companies in tech, software, which I know is much of our audience here as well. Um, also, I'll uh, leave the email address that you guys can contact uh, Scott and team on. So also as well as uh, LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with uh, with them. And also if you have any other recommendations or you'd like a follow-up episode of this, uh, but maybe tackling in more details a specific areas of thought leadership of content, then uh, we'll do our best to try and organize something along those lines. But until then, uh, Tim, Scott, it was great having you on the, on the episode. Thanks again for being with us and for making the time and for the wealth of knowledge that you brought uh, to the table. Thank you very Thanks much. for having sir. us, Andre. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was a big pleasure and looking forward to catching up face to face when we will be able yeah. to again. <laughs> Indeed. Certainly. Excellent.